Travis Ryer of the BamaOnline.com staff following the media viewing period at Monday's practice at the University of Alabama. Crimson Tide back to work following Saturday's 49-7 win over the Golden Eagles of Southern Mississippi. It is another warm one here in Tuscaloosa, warmer than it was on Saturday at Bryant-Denny Stadium. Uh, according to the temperature gauge in the old vehicle before practice today, right around 94 degrees in West Central Alabama. So uh, the Crimson Tide back at it uh, in advance of Saturday's return to Southeastern Conference play. The Rebels of Ole Miss coming to Bryant-Denny Stadium. <laughs> Ole Miss the last team, the last team to beat the Crimson Tide at Bryant-Denny Stadium. Now, I, that win was later vacated, I believe, right? In the old uh, NCAA stuff with uh, the previous regime there at Ole Miss. But uh, lives on, I'm sure, among the Ole Miss fan base when you talk about YouTube. Probably gets a lot of clicks, those 2014 and 2015 wins for the Ole Miss Rebels. But Alabama Ole Miss on Saturday, the Crimson Tide. Uh, some injury items to sort out as we get going on this Monday afternoon. You heard from Nick Saban earlier today at his noontime press conference. He addressed those situations individually on the defensive side of the ball. DJ Dale, you saw him go down late in the second quarter Saturday uh, of the USM game. Uh, Terrell Lewis did not dress, did not participate uh, in the game against USM. Uh, Will Reichard goes out in the first half. The kicker goes out, for crying out loud. Will Reichard goes out with a hip flexor injury. Um, those three guys, we saw them at, uh, at Monday's practice. Uh, none of the three really participant. Now, we came back through the Hank Crisp indoor facility on the way back uh, to exit the facility because Alabama today practicing on those four practice fields, which is what they typically do on Monday. And we did see Will Reichard with the other specialists inside and Will having a little fun, you know, kind of faking like he was going to maybe kick a couple field goals while the media was passing through there. It never happened. Uh, it never happened. So, uh, Will having a little fun, but uh, Will probably looking at a little bit of time away, it sounds like, because a hip flexor pull in relation to kickers, uh, you know, that's one of the two or three that are tough when you talk about muscle issues for kickers. Quad pulls, groin pulls, hip flexors. I did all three back in my day, and, and none of them were easy to work with. Probably could work through a hip flexor a little bit easier than you could say a a groin pull or a quad pull a quad may be the toughest of those three because when you're a soccer style kicker or a punter you're really locking out that quad muscle your thigh muscle uh, so it is uh, imperative to kicking success typically but none of the three are great you don't want to have any of the three and it sounds like Will Reichert is dealing with the hip flexor right now. But um, that was kind of the scene for those three guys, you know, with DJ Dale not really involved right now with that latest knee issue. Looked like Fedarian Mathis was in the middle of that first team defensive line during drills today. You had Raquan Davis, Justin Aboibi at the defensive end spots. And then the next group, you had kind of a mix and mash. Stefan Wynn, Tavita Musica, uh, Christian Barmore, Byron Young, you know, you're starting to get into those guys a little bit. That was a very deep group at the start of fall camp. And still, in terms of scholarship numbers, you're okay. Uh, but when you start taking LeBron Ray out of the mix and you start taking DJ Dale out of the mix, 
uh, you start moving some guys up to that second group that uh, weren't in touch with the the twos back in fall camp. So that's kind of the way it looks right now along the defensive line at outside linebacker. Anthony Jennings still very much in play there. I thought Anthony Jennings uh, and Christopher Allen both played pretty well in the game against Southern Mississippi. Uh, you know, Anthony right now is on a three-game sack streak. He's had sacks in each of the last three games. Christopher Allen with a tackle and a half or loss, I believe, on Saturday. So that was good to see. Um, you're going to face an Ole Miss team this week with Rich Rodriguez. How about that? There's a name for the – there's a blast from the past for Alabama fans. What could have been, right? Rich Rodriguez in Tuscaloosa this weekend. But offensive coordinator for the Ole Miss Rebels, and it's going to be more of a power spread approach. Scotty Phillips running the rock. A uh, couple of backs that have had some you know, decent success for Ole Miss on the ground. A little bit of concern for Ole Miss at the quarterback position. Had an injury to Matt Coral, the starter, and the loss to Cal over the weekend. But John Rich Plumley, a true freshman who was originally set to sign with Georgia in the class of 2019, later uh, went back on that and ended up in Oxford with Ole Miss. Looked pretty good, actually, in relief of uh, Matt Coral. So, uh We'll see how that plays out as the week goes along. But, uh, you know, that's the type of look you're getting this week from Ole Miss. More power spread, more run first. Uh, so you'd really like to have D.J. Dale in the middle of that defensive line. But I think ultimately when you talk about Lewis and Dale, specifically you're thinking down the road, big picture. And big picture, at least through the month of October right now with the way this schedule like, lays out, is Texas A&M on the road on October the 12th. And I know, I know, Texas A&M didn't look like much. And credit Auburn for having a lot to do with that on Saturday. But um, that's still pre-LSU looking at, again, Ole Miss this week, bye week after Ole Miss, which is going to come at a really good time. Those two bye weeks this year are going to be handy, I think, for this Alabama team. Uh, then you go to Texas A&M on October the 12th. Arkansas, Texas, uh, Arkansas, Tennessee, then another bye week, then LSU. So, you know, you got to get through that road trip to College Station. I think that's the biggest potential stumbling block for Alabama between now and November the 9th when LSU comes in here and what should be just a ginormous uh, affair. But, um, you know, those guys on the defensive side of the ball – uh, you're really fortunate at this point to have a flexible guy like Fedarian Mathis, maybe not a star player, maybe not dynamic in some ways, but a guy that can give you legitimate solid reps at a couple different spots, including nose tackle. Um, so that's kind of the way that looks to be setting up right now. Offensively today, we did see Deontay Brown back. Well, Deontay Brown's been back, but in terms of back in the mix, uh, as an eligible player. Uh, that's the case for Deontay Brown. You kind of had this week circled, right, on the old football calendar if you're an Alabama fan because you knew after that fourth game of the regular season you're going to get Deontay Brown back, and he is. And Nick Saban commented on Deontay Brown earlier today and you know, made it pretty clear. Deontay's got his work cut out for him. Now you've got a interior trio right now that has sort of been in place for the first four games of the season, the exception being New Mexico State in week two when Chris Owens did not dress. He had Landon Dickerson go to center in that game. Um, but, uh, you know, the way I would think it lays out right now is that that trio is going to remain intact. Uh, we'll see. You know, I would think for Deontay Brown, his most 
reasonable or likely pass to a return to the starting lineup would be at either left guard or if something happens at center where there's some reshuffling that goes on and somebody has to slide into center and maybe a spot opens up at guard. But uh, that group looks like it's been better the last couple weeks. That group as a whole, really, the offensive line. So, uh, you know, and also I think with Deontay Brown, it's a situation where coaches don't always forget real easy, real good. Um, you know, Deontay kind of left the offense in a lurch a little bit. I know Lester Cotton is an experienced guy and, you know, a guy that, uh, you know, was in preseason with the Raiders and all those things. But Deontay Brown was the guy at the one guard spot. Uh, sits out the college football playoff due to suspension. You know, coaches don't always forget those things. That kind of impacts your trust uh, level that you have from your coaches. But, you know, coaches also don't forget that uh, you're pretty good at what you do, and especially in the run game when you're talking about Deontay Brown. So that's kind of what we saw out there today. It was pretty quick viewing period, as is typically the case on Mondays. We pretty much get one look, one quick look uh, at Alabama on Mondays, and that was the case again today. Um, trying to think if I'm forgetting anything. No? I think that's the update. What do you got for me? Uh, Christopher already talking about Bryce Young, right? That was some big news from over the weekend. Maybe the biggest news from over the weekend. Obviously, you take a W whenever you can get it, but uh, Bryce Young, the five-star quarterback flipping from Southern California uh, to Alabama. That's big. Yeah, D's wanting to know about Christian Barmore. Uh, and that answer was pretty much today from Nick Saban what I anticipated it would be because I'm like everybody else. When I see a guy that's down the rotation, come into games that are usually been decided and makes plays seemingly on a consistent basis. You, you, you start to wonder, man, where's this guy? Why isn't he in there? Well, typically it has to do with uh, consistency. The other days of the week, most of these guys uh, th that are in that situation, Johnny Dwight was a guy like that. You know, you would see Johnny Dwight in some games come in and make some plays. Well, you know, as Nick Saban said today, they have to be able to count on you to do your job first and foremost. And your job may be on a particular play, you know, not to shoot a gap or, you know, swim technique somebody and try to make a play in the backfield. It may be as simple as, or perceived to be simple as, you know, you're you're taking on, you're trying to take, you're trying to attract a double team to free somebody else up to make a play. It's not always make a play every play. Uh, when you play on the defensive line or really any position. It's it's goes back to the things you hear over and over again from Bill Belichick, Nick Saban. What do they always say? Do your job. And if you make a play as a result, as a byproduct of doing your job, then that's great. Uh, but man, if you don't do your job and somebody hits you, you know, hits the spot where you were supposed to be, but you didn't fulfill that spot, and goes 75, 80 yards for a touchdown, you just, you're not going to be a rotation person. And, um, you know, there's no doubt. You watch Christian Barmore, all the physical skills are there. The playmaking ability is there. And he's not the first young player that's kind of taken some time to adapt to that uh, responsibilities. And, uh, you know, we've seen it from guys in the past, ton of guys who have come through here and 
more than a couple of them have played in the National Football League, but it took them a little bit to sort of, you know, adopt that mindset of do my job first and foremost. And then, you know, if the, the negative plays, the tackles for losses or sacks kind of come behind that, great. That's where Christian Barmore is right now. But with the injury situation being what it is, um, Alabama may not be that far away uh, regardless uh, from, from seeing more number 58 out there. Yep, I do think uh, I do think guys like you know you're going to continue to see Justin Aboy be a lot. I, I would think that for a second straight week he would be a a starter. Um, and again, Fedarian Mathis at nose tackle potentially, uh, Raquan Davis at the other end. No, Ray, we didn't see Dale doing really anything with those defensive linemen. Markel Benton, Joe Rick's asking about. Markel, uh, he had one of those hamstring supports on today. He was with the inside linebackers. Looked like he was trying to do some things. Uh, but he has that left hamstring strapped up, it looks like. And, you know, we saw him in pregame on Saturday trying to give that thing a go, trying to warm up with it. Uh, apparently it just wasn't going to work. And so, uh, and so he still you know, kind of dealing with that right now at inside linebacker. Emery King Wakuda is, uh, physically, he's very impressive to look at. I mean, he looks like a younger Terrell Lewis, kind of, is what he is in terms of body type. But, you know, he's like a lot of true freshmen, especially at a position like outside linebacker. It's not just as simple as line up and kill the quarterback. You know, you got to be able to play the run game, and there's a very much – a trick to that at this level you know you've got to understand technique you've got to understand hand placement how to set an edge if you don't these tight ends and these offensive tackles will have their way with you and king is sort of in the developmental stage from that standpoint but you can see where you know the physical tools are in place it's just a matter of how quickly you know he can get himself probably more so in the run game uh, to a to an acceptable level as to, to when you'll see more and more of him. Jason likes some Slade Bolden at that Wildcat. Yeah, you know, I mean, he's done some nice things. There's no doubt about it. And, uh, you know, he's thrown the ball in the spring. We've seen that off a double pass. So who knows what's in store for Slade Bolden. I like, I'll tell you where I like him. I like him on special teams. Um, I know that gets kind of undervalued. Everybody kind of thinks his special teams is a second-class type of role, but man, when you got guys that can do it in just about every area of that game, of that part of the game, that's uh, that's really valuable. Mitch, it's hard to say on a hip flexor recovery time. I've had one myself, but at this, you know, I'm an old fart. Mine was 30 years ago, and the problem I had, and you heard Nick Saban talk about this today is that if you do not allow it to heal it'll 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 flare right back up quick and you'll know it real quick it, it's just one of those things that you know and look this is 30 years later but time is of the essence when it comes to an injury like that um it's so specific to kicking that's what makes it difficult you know if you're playing if you're playing wide receiver or you know uh, running back and you've got a high ankle sprain that's very specific to your job as a running back or a wide receiver well same thing for kickers 
when again it comes to hip flexors or quads or groins or things like that it just it's tough it's uh, tough so my expectation would be this week to see Joseph Bullivus on kickoffs and field goals and I'm guessing Skylar DeLong uh, will get the first look at punter you know, it's interesting because Mike Bernier was thought to be the odd man out. Mike Bernier didn't even get an invite to fall camp this year after taking over for Skylar DeLong last season as the punter. And Mike Bernier uh, entered the transfer portal. I'm guessing didn't get an opportunity to his liking, has come back, uh, rejoined the team at the start of fall classes. And he dressed for Southern Miss on Saturday, didn't punt in the game. Uh, but with Reichert out, uh, I think it – becomes a possibility once again that Bernier as much as for any other reason you can sort of count on him to get the ball out without conflict without the potential for a block which right now for me that's the biggest concern with Skylar DeLong you know it, it it almost seems as if it has to be more of a game day issue for Skylar DeLong in terms of his mechanics because if he was doing in practice mechanically what he does in games on some of these punts, I don't think Jeff Banks or, or the staff would allow him to punt in games. Um, so I don't know if it's a mental hurdle that he's still trying to get through uh, in going to uh, going from practice to game day, uh, but uh, it, it's it's uh, it's an issue right now, no doubt. We're getting some medical advice for Terrell Lewis and DJ Dale. We've got a couple of votes here for resting those two guys against Ole Miss. Now maybe that's maybe that's what's going to happen. Again, I think um, big picture wise, you're thinking, you know, Texas A&M, uh, but you still got to have some dudes out there. Steve, I thought the defense was better on uh, on Saturday. Uh, I don't know if it's because they simplified some things or not, but um, yeah, it was it was uh, it was a good it was a good all-around effort. I think the best thing about it was USM just two of eleven on third down, so you'll take that. Keelan Robinson, Alex, um, want some more carries for Keelan? Alex says, um, you know, I think. Keelan may have been dealing with something in the game on Saturday. Jerome Ford got those carries. And I thought Jerome Ford showed some nice, uh, some nice decisiveness on the touchdown run. Yeah, Shane Lee, you know, I mean, it's going to be a week-to-week -week thing, and I agree. I think that, once again, he was stressed by an opposing offensive coordinator in terms of formations. I mean, you saw it early in the game. He ended up playing what was essentially corner, I think, on the first play of the game, and Southern Miss takes a shot deep to the back. Um, but I think you're still going to see opposing offenses, including Ole Miss this week, look to try to isolate Lee, Christian Harris, those inside linebackers in general, and even some with the outside linebackers. You saw some of that even with Southern Miss. Southern Miss passing the football had more success with the backs uh, than they did those three wide receivers that are really, really good. Quez Watkins, Jalen Allman, um, you know, and, and, and the rest of that group. So, uh you know, but I, I think, again, opposing offenses are going to continue to look to work from the inside out in the passing game, starting with the backs, with the tight ends, and then move their way out maybe to the wide receivers. All right, gang, we're going to wrap it up on a Monday 
afternoon. Thanks for joining us here on Instant Analysis. This will download to the Built by Bama online podcast. Uh, keep it locked to BamaOnline.com. Uh, you got Nick Saban's Monday news conference up there. You've got Charlie Potter's practice report. I've got a what Saban said and what we think it means up at the website right now. And uh, more coverage of the Bryce Young commitment as well. So we've got you covered at BOL. I'm in Coleman Coliseum. By the way, basketball practice at UA getting ready to commence. I know it's crazy. It's early. It's earlier than it used to be, no doubt about it. So uh, Nate Oates and the men's team, Christy Curry and the women's team, uh, about to get things going before you know it. We'll be here for hoops. It'll be winter. It'll actually be cold. How's that sound in this 95-degree heat? Have a great rest of your Monday, everybody. Appreciate it. Good night.